0: This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. I'm very excited about this episode today, Um, one of the first few episodes of the new year, and what we've got in store for this episode is, I believe, timely. Um, And I believe that if you take the time to listen, you're going to be blessed tremendously. So first, I want to introduce our guest today. It's Brother Sam Emery, a tremendous man of God. Actually, the first time I heard him preach was at uh, North American Youth Congress in 2017. And it was a phenomenal message. I mean, it blessed me. And in fact, um, you know, it, it it blessed our youth group, and so it was just a tremendous experience, and it, it was my first experience with Brother Emery, but I'm telling you, this man can preach, but to today, um, I, I just, Brother Emery, would you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit maybe about your background, where you're at now, and then we'll, we'll just roll right into what we've got planned.
1: Okay, I'm Pastor Sam Emery, i a pastor here in Merced, California, it's right in the valley. Um... I pastored a church that I got saved in in 1980, so I've been in this church for 42 years. Um, I'm from Anniston, Alabama, um, from a rural part of the town, and we were, we were actually not poor. We didn't have enough money to be poor. We were poor, <laughs> and so uh, then we moved to the project, and uh, I went to high school, graduated, Went to the military, got in the radiology, uh, came here, yada, yada, yada. Got saved, just to skip a whole bunch of stuff. And in 96, I started evangelizing out of Merced. And then in 2006, I went back to to assume the pastor's role as pastor of that church. Uh, it was difficult for me to do because my pastor, which name is Bill Yandris, he's, he's passed on as his life man, one of the greatest men that I ever known. And it, it was, I was so intimidated it was like, how do you pastor after your pastor? How do you do that? You know? So mm. it's just, it's been a, it's, it's been a, a progress. It's, <laughs> it, it's been challenging, but, uh, uh, the, God has been very kind to me. Uh, I evangelized for 10 years and I was always busy. I'm preach in 48 States. Um, uh, and abroad, I've been to several countries, I've seen thousands of people get the Holy Ghost hundreds healed. Uh, not having any holy, a lot of things to do with me, it was just God was very kind to let me be in that place where he was doing this yeah. thing, you know. Right, absolutely. And other than that, I'm just, I'm married, I have kids, I have grandkids, I have great grandkids. i blessed to pastor a really, really good churches. so, that
0: has been really counting kind of me. Hey, Amen. That's it. That's incredible. And what a what a story. I mean, just and I think every one of us have a, a unique story that needs to be shared. But and we're so thankful that you've joined us and and you know that you told us a little bit about your background. Um, I would like you to just talk to the listeners about whatever's on your heart. And we'll just obey the Lord, and we'll follow the leading of the Spirit, and wherever it goes, it goes. So let's just go ahead and go right with it, brother.
1: All right, so as we know, in 2020, we got thrown into this uh, viral situation, and we've actually been dealing with that. This is coming up on our second year of dealing with this thing. I come up to the conclusion that this thing may not be leaving anytime soon. Uh, and we're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, but in the midst of it, in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, we baptized 97 people. Wow. So some of the stuff that we're hearing about people don't want God, that's not true. People do want God. We we have to present God in the right way, number one. Also, uh, we, we need not to be so focused on the political scene. Um, they're doing what they're doing. We need to be doing what we need to be doing. All right? So, um, I don't think we need to politicize the vaccination. If you want to get it, get it. If you don't want to get it, don't get it. It's not a big deal to me. Um, It may be the formulation of the, you know, primary steps of the market base. I don't know. My deal is, in this season, God's dealing with people. That's the deal. And we're so... That we're so uh, focused on the conditions, we'll never know what the real sickness is. Wow. So you can't always tell how from the medical field. You can do everything you do is uh, like you taking vitals and all that stuff, trying to find out what's wrong. And and there's cert, certain things that's misdiagnosis. So we got to make sure we're not misdiagnosing what God's. I believe. To where the crust of the matter is, I believe that God just allowed the church to go through this to number one, shake it up, number two, for us to realize what we really have, and number three, at this particular point going in 2022, a lot of ministries are going to be repositioning strategically for apostolic revival and strategic harvest all across the country. Yeah. Now I'm not saying uh, I'm not gonna do a numbers game, but because I don't know anything about numbers, I know that. But if we're not, if we're not, if we don't catch what God's doing, we're gonna miss it once again. Uh, we can't think that we know what He's doing if we don't ask. So, but I think God goes, Did God speak to you? No, I just want to think, okay, I'm not interested. So, so let's go talk to Him and say, God, what are you doing in this hour? And and can I work with you? Mm. Uh, I come with that concept because I really don't work for God anymore. He doesn't pay well. He just, he's a minimum wage payer when you work for Him. But if you're with Him, man, He'll open up the windows in heaven and pour you out blessings after blessings after blessings so I'm just saying if you're working for God stop it man get that corporate letter up get on the top floor 20th floor get that elevator let's start working with God the Bible says of the uh, of the apostle we are workers together with Christ never yeah. said for he said together with so I want to get together with Christ to work with what he is working on wow. I just want to partner I don't want him partnering with me All right, I want to partner with him. What I do may not be successful, but everything God does is successful. So it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Him, and we need to say, "Okay, God, what are you doing, and how can I help you?" Because I want to. I want to be there with Him. So I believe what God said. As we see, does right now there are evangelists coming off the field, and new evangelists going on the field. That's old pastors. Uh, retiring and new pastors coming in. There's pastors leaving this way and going on that way. Guys going on that and coming to So I said, well, "What are we doing here?" He said, "We're repositioning things." Okay, all right. If you repositioning means we're uh, God is moving things around, and He is uh, strategically doing it. He's not doing happenstance. This is not what God feels. We feel. God knows. And so ministries are beginning to place in different strategic areas because I think we think the harvest is going to be like in another country, which it is. But what about America? Are we not, are we not poised for that? I mean, I think we should be as poised for what God wants to do in America as we is in any other country outside of America. America is a harvest field. Expects, especially if you roll back the tide from what to 2019 to present with the George Floyd theme. Mm. And I know what we think we're seeing, but it's not what you see, it's how do you see it. Because if you don't have the right paradigm of what you're looking at, you can totally not understand what's going on. Uh, point, point in uh, taken here is uh, the disciples are ready to go home and Jesus was like, they've been out here all day. We need to feed them. And they're, from their perspective what they saw, they goes like it was a uh, we can't feed them. It was are, seriously? We don't have enough money. He judged We don't have enough money to feed everybody. And what Jesus saw was an opportunity. That's all. It's not what you see. It's how how are you seeing that. And so, then he said, "We'll go through the crowd and bring back something." Somebody brings back a sack lunch, and it goes like, "Seriously, we have five thousand men, plus women and children, and you got a stale lunch at the end yeah. of the day." In the middle of the desert. This is not working. Like Jesus wasn't looking at all of that. How, what he saw. He saw something totally different. He goes, so he takes it, blesses it, breaks it, give it to them. So now they're they're forced now to see things different. How did they feed the 5,000? They did what he did. Jesus never moved. The disciples are going out, breaking and blessing, breaking and blessing, breaking and blessing, because they looked at it the way he saw it. So we need to get a partner with him. I think sometimes we want God to partner with us. Mm. Never going to happen. He's the head honcho. He's the guy that makes everything work. So I want to know, where are you working so I can work calm and stand right beside you? Cause I'm gonna look like I really work, you know. And so I, I'll here call. It's called Caltrans, right? And yes. they fix the roads. I know y'all got road fixers in every place. Well, there'll be five guys, right? One guy sitting in the truck. One guy over here with a sign that says "slow." I don't mean it says "car" or him. i, I, I think thinking he's telling me he's slow. But I'm, <laughs> you know, I and mean, then you got one guy with the jackhammer that's doing all the work and another guy at the, at the end waving you on by, right? So you got five guys and one guy working. All right? So Jesus is saying, all I need you to do is work with me. Don't mm-hmm. worry. I'm going to do all the heavy lifting. All you need to do is just stand around me and look good. I can do that, you know? So I think that what sometimes we want God to do what we think he ought to do rather than get into in the prayer room and ask him one simple question. What are you working on? And how can I help you? Now, I know this sounds very sophisticated, but trust me, what are you working on? And how can I help you? So we just expanded to our sixth campus here in Merced. And my question to him is, where are you, where are you where, what are you doing? And where are you doing it at? And wh- what are you doing? And where are you doing it? And we really want to be positioned for harvest. You gotta ask one question where's the feel? Hmm. We don't. We drive around probably like I was. I was driving around looking for the most affluent... Uh, I'm going to just be honest, I ain't <laughs> got to lie to you, you know. The most affluent neighborhood in my city. Like, oh, I know you working here. And he points me to the west side where he came from, where all the poor people were. I just like, that was not what... You know, that was... Not, and he was like, I'm not... I don't worry about what you think. You ask me where I'm working. So we planted a campus over there. Very successful. Another guy goes, I want to go here. I'm going like, let's follow the money trail. That's what I'm saying. No, you follow the Holy Ghost trail. You'll follow the money trail. Follow the Holy Ghost trail. So if God is repositioning us, we need to say, put me in the place you want me to be for my maximum Capacity. And I live in the San Joaquin Valley, uh, right in the middle of California. Uh, I live in a little town called Merced, probably never heard of it, uh, but it's some of the richest farmland around here. And these cats own thousands of acres, hundreds of acres of land, but they diversify their fields. There may be almonds over here, pecans over there, all of this uh, vegetables, fruit, and whatever. And so, unfortunately for us, we want to harvest, but we never pray to the Lord of the harvest to see what the harvest is. So we go door knocking, hanging flyers, da-da-da-da-da. And sometimes we get lucky. <laughs> sometimes we get lucky. What if we actually stop, right, go in the prayer room and said, you are the Lord of the harvest. Watch now. And my whole city is a harvest field. Wow, my whole city now is a harvest field because we have people on the north, south, east, and west sections of our city. Now, if you divide it up, is one, two, three, four. That's four fields of harvest. Then you have the middle parts. That's five fields of harvest. I'm not a farmer, so I don't know when fruit's right, when it ain't. If we pick fruit that's not right, it's it's not going to be any good. If we wait until it spoils on the vine, it's not going to be good. The only one that knows the fruit that's ready to pick is the captain planted it. And he's a farmer. So Jesus said, I am the Lord of the harvest, and this is my field. Matthew, he says to them, Ask, pray unto the Lord of the harvest that he should send laborers into his field, not my field, not where I think we ought to go. But what does he... He said, Pastor Remy, that's too simple. Yeah. This thing has always been... We have made it complicated. we make it complicated. I want to go over here and do this. God's just like, no, I'm going over here. If you work with me, you're going to be successful. Are you going on your own? Ah, you have a little bit of success. Maybe, maybe not. So as I'm talking to you, I would just think about your city as a field. And how many the way I just might is where a church is and where I live, those are my two my two deals there. How far am I from a how far am I from Walmart's? Uh, Costco, Freeway, da da da. So I figured that out. And then I'm looking I I got about it takes me about twenty minutes to get to the freeway, all right? So my house is not that far from the church. So for me, that means people are not going to drive a whole lot longer than 20 minutes to get to our church. So that means I've got a different field of harvest 20 to 25 minutes away from my church. That's not going to come to my church. So what I need to do is put a barn or a silo in that area to catch that harvest. Y'all understand? So I think uh, a barn is what we call it in the South. A silo is what they call it in the Midwest. But they have the the owner of the field says this steel thing out there, boom, in the middle of the field, and the harvest goes there. But it's only one landowner. Why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? God already has a wheel. He already has a deal. You come and talk to me. I'll show you what the field is. You get to the field, build a barn there. Well, we call them satellite churches, uh, campuses, daughter churches. I don't care what you call it. We're, we have been so focused on building up that we're not thinking about building out. Wow. we don't lose Okay, I can have a so we can have a church of six hundred thousand, five thousand, cool. Uh, or we can have split that city up in a quart section. Have this church over here running two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? It's more people working, more people involved, more people coming in. You just need to manage it. Uh, this is, I'm not saying I'm right. But I hope y'all don't think I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying. So, but I'm just saying uh, a different look at the strategic way that God does things. Uh, there are people that they're not apostolic, that don't have a church, but they have thousands of preaching points, and they're reaching whole cities, just like that, and. It's time for us to rethink what we're doing. Uh, instead of, for me, instead of using a lot of uh, capital to build a bigger building, we're just renting and leasing smaller uh, buildings in other parts of the of the city. Uh, reposition ourselves for revival in that part on the west side, where Pastor Solis is. Uh, the, the demographics there is different than where I live. I live in a farming community. And so, I mean, uh, the church is in the farm, but that's over there. And so the the income of the people, less. they don't have cars. We don't have a bus system. They're not going to be able to come all the way where I am. So guess what? If the, if the mountain don't go, come to Muhammad, Mohammed well, has to go to the mountain. So we went. Since they're not coming to us, we went to them. So we went to a little town five, about five minutes south of me. They wasn't coming, so we went to them. Put a church right in their neighborhood. Put a church right where they live. They will come. They will come there. And it's still it's a, it's a, a deal. It's, We have, we have to change. We if we keep going, try to go back to church of uh, pre covert it's going to be frustrating. We have to find out. What are what is he doing now? Where are you working now? How are you working now? What's the game plan from here to the rapture? And it may be God never changes, but His methods do. What He did in Egypt, He didn't do it in the uh, in the wilderness. He never He never split a sea there. Never did, you know, and when he tried to get the children Reason to go to the promised land, they were so uniquely um, bound in here that they, instead of going to the promised land, they want to go back to Egypt. I mean, hmm. so we gotta be careful that we're not trying to go back to 2019 church and see what God has for us in 2021 maybe some a little bit better than 2019. Different, but better. Now, one of the things uh, about the reposition is our mindset of how this, from 2018 up until the pandemic, we were pushing prayer in the homes. Uh, and the, the man of the house being the priest of the home Gathering the children and the wife around the altar, and having a Bible study with your families and praying at that altar as a what I would call a common altar. The altar at the church is what I call the ceremonial altar. But we're only there for what two or three hours in a whole week. What are we doing with the rest of that time? Then mm. uh, God's repositioning that, that. Our house, He says, my He says. My house shall be called the house of prayer. Well, then, if I start praying in my house, then it becomes his house. Now, I got the blessings, God, not just flowing in the church house, but I got the blessings flowing right here in where Sam Ebry stays. All right? We have a prayer room in our house. My wife prays there. I pray there. Uh, that's our altar. It's a prayer room. We have angels walking through our house. We can feel the whole people coming back. What is that feel in your house? I said, that's the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Ghost in your home? Yeah, we bring him home. We don't, want to leave. We don't leave Jesus in church. I said, man, you, you know, I, if I'm in, if I'm driving, he sits in the seat next to me. If my sister, he's in the back seat. I mean, I can't throw her back there. <laughs> you know, so I mean, and so we got to get this idea: is Jesus not made for no house? He's not made for just the, her, the church house. We gotta take. We gotta start taking them every. It's the repositioning of our minds too. What are we doing? I mean, so today you better have Jesus everywhere you go know, because you, contrary to popular beliefs, you can get the corona in Costco. I know you don't think you can, because they never closed that place down, but they closed the church down. Don't go to the church. You're gonna get sick. Well, okay you go to Costco, you're going to get sick. There's people there, right? So we got to like get families praying in their homes so when they get to the church, you don't have to pray them through. They already prayed through. You don't have to get them oiled the, up. They come oiled the, up. You don't have to make them worse. They come like, oh, I was praying in my house. I'm ready to rock and roll. And the result of that is going to be a revival church. And the result of that is going to be Apostolic Harvest. Cause when that when that visitor or that person that doesn't have the Holy Ghost walks into an environment like that, dog, he's gone. They feel they're they're getting goosebumps and they don't even know who the goose is. You know what I'm saying? Go, <laughs> you know they go, "What is it?" I've seen people like, "What is their hair hair stand up? What is it? What's goes wrong?" I go, "That's just God." I go, oh, okay, I was scared for a moment. Doesn't be scared about, but we. And then, uh, I don't know, I, I, y'all got it. Y'all got, probably if I can figure it out already, I'm a little bit insane. But we go to the restaurants, we have no problem taking leftovers with us. Why do we leave leftover stuff at church? I'm just asking. Mm. We're ultimately, filled all this stuff. Put it in a bag, take that home with you. <laughs> <laughs> right before you go to bed, open up the bag like God let me feel in my house what I felt in your house and then your house becomes his house and you got this vertical relationship in your house with the same God you got a vertical relationship in the church I have some unique ideas and I, I hope you he, he can cut me off if you think I'm going yeah. crazy no sir this but, is incredible uh, oh, uh, the altar is not just a place of repentance. That's one of the, that's one of the functions. But if we look in the Bible, uh, my favorite cat here is Jacob. Jacob is at Bethel, right? It Was called uh, loves at the first, uh, which means the almond grove. But what he doesn't know, he's in a plot of place where Abraham had built an altar. And Isaac had rebuilt all the altars that Abraham built and redug all the wells that Abraham dug. What Jacob doesn't know he finds in a dream. Watch what he says, he says, This is the house of God and the gate of heaven. A gate? A gate is a thing that opens and closes. He saw a ladder going up and down, but the gate part caught my eye. I'm dyslexics. And so things that don't, I tell my wife, can you see that? They're like, no, that's not wrong with you. She's probably about 85% right for us. (laughs) But it's a portal, it's an opening. He goes like, these angels are ascending the one ascending ascending, is coming from heaven going up the ladder and the word descending is coming down from heaven to the earth with daily deals it's supposed to do and Jacob finds himself now Jacob is an idiot so instead of building an altar putting a sacrifice and God do what you need to do, he goes like well you know uh, if you'll bring me back to this place, uh, bring me, bring you back, you're already at the place, bro. So he goes 20 years, his father-in-law stiffs him, steps him with the wrong sister, gives him the, other, the ugly sister oh, instead oh, of the cute yeah. <laughs> one. He paid for it, man. Dude, you were there. And you were laughing, but how how many times have we been right there and missed him? Wow. Tired of missing
2: it.
1: Tired of missing it. Mm. God, what do you want to do? Show me what I need. Tell me what I need. Uh, and in that moment, he can reposition how you see things. He's not He's not turning the world, just you. Because if I even turn right now, my vision just changed what I can see. But If I just turn a little bit, my vision has changed. And all God wants to do is tweak our vision a little bit and say, you're not going back to pre-covert Church anymore? I got something new for you, and if we'll, hold, if we'll grab a hold of what he has, the success of what it has will just rain down on you. You won't even have to work for it, man. Uh, so I'm on. I'm my daily prayers. What are you doing? Position me, turn, and your your repositioning just may be a slight turn, because what we see, I mean. I see the gospels forecast. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. Four guys, four guys standing on the corner watching a wreck in the middle. All right, and they all see the situation from four different angles. So they even write. Luke says, "This is a, the gospel according to the book of Luke." Does that mean this is the gospel according to the, John, who wrote the book? This is a gospel according to. And and all of that makes me know like, okay, everything is coming from a different perspective, but it's the same story. So you need the synopsis of the four stories to get what the real gospel of Jesus Christ was really all about. Instead of a singular view, you get a quad view. You know, well, that was eight, but quad view, you know. And so you get the depth, the height, the width, okay, of what really went on. And so I'm saying we need to step back, take a breath and say, God, I don't live in Texas, I live in wherever you live, it says what's working I found out what work, work that may work in Texas does not work in California. All right? And what works on the East Coast does not work in California. And what happens in the South does not work in California. And you gotta find out what works right here where I am. And how do I meet the how do I meet the needs of the people right here where I am? Great conferences, we got great conferences. You but you have to be careful that you don't take what this guy says, how his church did it and try to make that fit your church. No, that cat prayed and prayed and prayed and fasted and prayed, and, prayed and prayed until he figured it out, and that's what you have to do. Too. So I just go, to God, go, okay. If you here's a deal, if you'll do it for him, I know you'll do it for me. If I do the same thing that he did, so I'm asking you, what do I need? And you, I heard what this pastor said. I believe what he says. I believe it is real. So what do I'm going to do to make that happen where I am? us from Texas to the South, to the West, to the North. Ideologies are different. And you can't, you just can't bring an ideology to California. People over here are just stone crazy. They're not just crazy, they're stone crazy out here. All right, there's, there's things I can't do here that they did, that's very successful. I gotta do, I gotta find out, God, what field am I operating in? And what stage is that field? If the harvest is ripe, get a sickle. If it's just hard dirt, get a plow. <laughs> because you're not going to reap anything. There's nothing there to reap, you know? And if it's already turned over, get some seed. Plant the seed, water the ground, and then reap the harvest. And so I believe that ministries are being positioned, repositioned, and I, believe, I really do believe that we are on the break of one of the greatest revivals we had again if we keep trying to go back to 2020 we will miss it we have to find out what is he doing where is where he's doing that and how do you want me to do that where I am to bring revival where I am maybe you know if, I don't know if that makes sense but as we do that God will begin to give you understanding about where you are. Not not where this other gentleman is, but where you are. I want to know what's gonna work for Merced. Okay, it's like a custom suit. If I go get a custom made suit, they don't measure my buddy, they measure me. But if my buddy maybe took me there and goes like, he needs a custom suit. I, mean, I will want his size. They're like, no, you're not his size. I gotta get you your own. So they go measure my arms, my neck, my back, my sacrilege, all the deal. And and you think God is frivolous? No. Mm. He's going to measure your city, measure your church, and measure this and measure that and say, okay, this is what you need to do to see the revival I want you to have. And it will do that. And I know, I hope I'm making this too simplistic. It takes fasting, it takes prayer, it takes the words, it takes all of that. I think y'all know that by now. But what I'm saying is, is that uh what works one place don't always work every place and the only way I know what it where I am is that I go ask the one that's got the plan and that is not me <laughs> I want I want to work the plan but I want to get the plan for you and then when I get the plan so how do you want me to carry the plan out how is this plan so this year we're 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 the whole year we're going to be teaching on repositioning from the perspective of the Word, the seed, the soil, the harvesters, uh, the uh, just everything that has to do with harvest. We're exploring each part of the harvest, you know, and the heart, that's the foundation. I mean, all this stuff, the mind, the soul. I mean, we're going through all of these things, trying to get our church to see revival is here. Now harvest is ours. and we can get that communicated, because I want a whole, I don't want just one segment, I want the whole church involved in what
0: God's doing. Uh, questions? Uh, wow. This is this has been incredible, and, and I think I feel that this is so needful for this hour because it's like you said, you know, we're trying to do things in 2019 today, and and it's like you said, it doesn't work, and I mean, you said a lot of incredible, insightful things, but a few things that I just, I mean, and these are just a few notes, not necessarily questions, but you were talking about the harvest and praying, you know, to the Lord of the harvest, and Following after, where 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 is God moving now? And one of those things that came to mind was, you know, some of us, and I'm guilty of it, not recently, but in the past has been praying for a harvest. When God never right. said to pray for the harvest.
1: No.
0: He said the fields were already white ready for harvest. Mm-hmm. Ask the Lord of the I Harvest. Pray for the Lord. Yes, sir.
1: Where do I go? <laughs> That's right. Where do I go? Yeah, and I know. I it's just simple stuff, man. Really, we make it complicated.
0: Yeah. So the last two or three years, it's always been okay. God, what are we doing?
1: What are where are you working? How can I help you? I'm not asking God to help me. It's not my church. It's not my word. It's not my. And I, I'm just a I'm the guy with the I'm the guy with this flag that says slow. So I don't know if he's talking about the car or, or who he is. I like, am slow, good to meet you. Know, I don't know. And so I'm just the cat with the flag waving people, come yeah. on, you know? Yeah. And, I, I, and I I I know I'm being funny but I don't wanna to be too ridiculous. And I know I'm making it sound simplistic, but I think that Paul says, I am I am amazed at how soon you are Turn from the simplicity that which is in Christ. We make it like you gotta have a master's degree. He's the master, and he knows all the degrees. I don't know. Tell me what you want me to do. Give me the shovel. I'll get busy. He'll make you. He'll make you look like you know what you're doing when you don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. But God will make it that dude's got it going. I mean, let's take the the sermon I preached at NAYC. It was so simple, I mean, uh, but profound in itself. Um, I'm dyslexic. All right, so when I do sentences, I I go, my brain moves from right to left, not from left to right. So when Brother Inslee told me, I said, what is your theme?" He says, this is that. My brain turned it. And when I wrote it down on people's, piece of paper, I was, is this that? I walked away, I stopped, and I just like, was like, that's what I got to do. He didn't say that. Go back and write it right. So I go back and cross it out and goes, this is that, Acts chapter 2, da 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 Then I walked away again, and then I came back and was like, wait a minute. Is this that? And I said to myself, that, bridge. that was it. And then I I didn't, I think I knew. I didn't know, no. So when I got to, to the Lucas Oil Stadium, I'd never been a the like that before. And on Wednesday night, I saw all those people. I was like, man, cold, chills. I started sweating. I'm gonna like, I'm in trouble. Because at that point, I didn't have a sermon. I had a title. And I had a premise. And I had a form. And my wife was like, uh, there's a lot of people here. And I was like, yeah. Do you have your sermon? I was like, no, she said, you don't. I go like I, I have a I have a sketch. She said, you what are you gonna do? I goes like pray, <laughs> cry. <laughs> My brain's like, oh Lord, please don't make me look, make a fool out of myself. <laughs> and so I started uh, about two o'clock, about six o'clock that night I finished that sermon. And I gave it to D.J. Hill, he's at uh, Brother John's down in Atlanta. he printed it out so I didn't have to put glasses on. And, he, and when he handed it to me, he goes like, oh, You're preaching that? I go, like, I'm falling above. It. And he's, he was looking at me like, Good luck, Pastor. He said, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I got to the prison, he finally goes like, You didn't you didn't even preach anything in in those I said yes I did before so so what I'm saying is that it will just put our place in a position where God wants us and even if he turns like that, that's a reposition I'm not talking about any big thing, I'm talking about just that much repositioning I see things differently just that, just that turn, and it doesn't take a lot, but that one little turn, not not full turn, not even a quarter, that one little move that, uh, now I, my focus got to adjust, and my vision has to be much more pure, because now I've left something out, but put some things in, I don't know if that, does that make sense to you? Yes sir. And so, I'm saying it's not going, I'm not talking about, like this gigantic shift, I'm talking about just a small turn changes the whole thing. Yeah, it changes the way you see. It's, again, it's not what we see. How do you see it? How it, How do you see your city? Uh, these are called Merced, Merdead, and because nothing was happening here, so the Lord, the Lord, the Lord uh, dealt with me. He said, "You do know you prophesying death to your city." when you call it, or dead. I go, it's like, because what you speak is what you get. He said, stop it. So I I started saying, I I went to the archives and found out what Merced means. It means streams of mercy's water. I said, wait a minute. That ain't dead. That's light. So we started. We started changing how we saw our city, and no, we're in a city. This is not a dead city. This city is alive and well. We're pumping and going. This is a God city. But it changed the whole attitude of the church just by changing one word. So we have to look at our, our what we're doing and uh, just get on board with God. I mean, there the is Jesus. The harvest, right? The laborers. The labor is, the labor is a few are we don't know where we're working or how we're supposed to work. I mean, you don't pick peas like you pick fruit, you know? So you can't think that everything is one form fit all. That's where we ask God, how do we do this? What is the method? What is how it's a lot of prayer times a lot of I think we it's it's not our theology that's messed up, it's our neology. need more neology we got the theology down we just need to get a hold of the master said what field where did I go where are you ready to work I want to work with you okay come with me I'm working down on skid row okay let's go down there. so this so this Christmas we we bought about 150 or 200 maybe about 100, 150 blankets and just went down to homeless encampments and gave them away Walked away. They are from the church. You need, oh yeah, oh, thank you so much. Now, did we get into commerce for him? No. Not yet. But what if God, what was one of those people was not really down and out, just down there, just momentarily on their luck? and remember, man, this cat from this apostolic tabernacle gave me a blanket. I better go, let me go see what they're all about. You never know. You never know. But if you don't plant seeds, you don't get a harvest.
0: Wow! Praise God. You uh, you have given us a lot of meat to chew on, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's simple, but this is to
1: me that, okay. To, to me, to me, it's just simple stuff. I I really I I want to make it so simple that you can say I can do this. That's so simple. Like I can get on my knees and I can ask God, "Where's the field? Is it ready?" Where I go, if it's not ready, where is the field ready? All right, go over there. How you want me to go over there? What kind of am I? Am I getting berries or cherries? Am I getting oranges or apples? Our deal is, we want to harvest what we want, and not what he wants. That was the deal, you know. I don't like peas. If that's all right in the field, you go pick peas. Whether you like them or not. You bring those peas into the harvest. You bring them into the storehouse. That's what he says. So it's not what I like. Like right now, the people we are living off, off the street. They, they're, they're needy. Uh, they need this. They need that. So what are we doing? Meeting the need. Because if you'll take what the people that nobody wants, he'll give you the people that everybody wants.
0: I'm done. That was <laughs> that has given us a lot, like I said, a lot to, to think about, to digest, but I think that this is gonna take us, like you said, to a new a new realm even in the spirit where we're just obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost. And we just completely you know, no agendas, no politics. None of it. Just just God. What does God want? And where does he want me? Wow.
1: If we if we go back and actually read the book of Acts, that's all they did. They went in, they prayed, the place was shaken, they went out and did something. They came back, they prayed, the place was shaken, they would go out. It, 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 it it's not rock and here. I mean, a lot of the stuff that happened in the early church they stumbled on. Most of I like reading, you know. And uh and Jesus was very unorthodox in his study, and it it's what he did. He did stuff that made people just mad at him. I mean, he was like, "Cause he didn't follow their rules." Uh, how come your master's eating with public and sinners? Because they needed God. Duh. <laughs> 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 it should have been a no-brainer, right? He even has to send the disciples away to get something to eat while he talked to the woman at the at the well. But that was very strategic. Because when Philip went to Samaria, he started baptizing the people in Jesus' name right away. That's not a mystery to me, because Jesus had already talked to the woman at the well, and a lot of those people were still living. So when he started talking to you, he went, we know that guy. That's the guy. <laughs> That's the guy that talked to the chick that had the five guys. You know him. We know it. there's all they needed was one more thing, the cat with the keys. Here comes Peter, and everybody gets Bro, God is an intentional God. He is not an unintentional. There, none of this is... God goes like, oh, I don't see that coming. I don't believe that. I do not believe that. And I believe the apostles said of stuff they didn't believe it. Because he said, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria... And other parts of the world, and they didn't believe a word that was coming. Did you hear the word that it come out of my mouth? Because I don't. <laughs> they had to have a big old conference in Jerusalem because Paul was winning Gentiles. And Peter said to the uttermost parts of the earth, he's talking about, he thinks he's talking about this, like, forever talking. he talking about people. And then when he goes down to, to baptize Cornelius, Cornelius was a centurion. Now, this is a stretch. This is a stretch. But didn't Jesus heal the servant of a centurion? Yeah. Wow. Maybe that cat knew this cat. I don't. I'm just. My bro, I see, he talked to my wife. She said, <laughs> don't listen to a word he said. He's out of his mind. <laughs> he's dinky now which is a a Thai word for crazy (laughs) you know but my brain does because we never got that satirious name, and we didn't get this satirious name. but what if they knew one another told stories there's nothing in the Bible that was not strategic nothing Jesus hangs on a cross that was once where the temple was that was once where the tent was there was once Called Moriah, where Abraham offered up, or tried to offer up, Isaac. A thousand years later, here's the real son of that same. Evening. You can't make this stuff up, man. It's just, just it's, wow. you can't make it up. It's, it's good stuff. Man. I love the stuff. It's so simple. You know what the Bible says? It's so simple that a fool should not err. They, they was talking about me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bring it down, man. Bring it down like a fresh. Yeah. <laughs> because the emerald's coming, it's gonna to have to be some simple stuff in chat, man. Come on now.
1: <laughs> so the it is the this is the things of simplicity that translate depthness into us. If you can't understand it, there's no depth to it. But this that's why Paul said I'm I'm amazed how soon you're moved away from the simplicity. I said, "Christ, I think we just need to get back to the simple gospel." You say, "God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do that?" Uh, I don't have a problem with Zoom. I don't have a problem with. Uh, uh, I think Zoom has helped us. Uh, our whole movement was like we were we had Zoomophobia, you know. You can't get on the internet and do this. Now everybody's on the internet, you know, and you know that came out of the COVID. So. We can say about the COVID, but the devil meant for evil. God has meant it for our good. Because people are live streaming that never went live streaming before, but they were forced into it. So here we are. We're reaching people around the world instead of people right in our home church. We have more people on our on our live feed for prayer than we have in a church service. Because people are looking for God and they want to touch from God. And we got it. Amen. We got it. So we need to do like Malcolm X. Malcolm X was like, by any means necessary. I know I'm talking about guns and guns, but whatever we got to do to reach our world, and it was in the confines of things that don't take us out of parameters of holiness. I think it's it's we we actually need to do it. Amen.
0: Words of wisdoms, folks. I don't
1: know.
0: You're listening because I like, well, you can just crazy cat. cap <laughs> <It's awful. laughs> Brother Henry, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this man, has been an, being this being a, a blessing.
1: Thank you for asking me to come on, man. I do appreciate it. I really do.
0: This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.